The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. So we're we're here uh, on episode two of the Story World podcast. My name is Steve Schramm. I'm a nonfiction writer, marketer, and story nerd here with my buddy Alex. Alex, say hi. Hey, yep. My name is Alex Jagir. Um, professionally, I'm a, I work in finance, but I... I really enjoy writing, um, making video games, uh, anything story related. And so that's kind of my passion. Yeah. I mean, that's way more fascinating than finance. Come on, man. It, it's, it's a lot more fascinating. One so far pays the bills better than another, one. <laughs> uh, but hope, hopefully that will reverse in maybe 10 years or so. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, that would be, that would be awesome, right? If you could it really, yeah. See your dreams come true of, of being a yeah, professional writer, game designer. Absolutely. I mean, how cool would that be? Right. It would be amazing. So, it's yeah, that's fantastic. Maybe not 10 years, maybe five or maybe three after this podcast becomes really uh, famous and stuff. So, um, Oh, it would, it would just be rich from this then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. So, uh, welcome in again. We're just uh, a couple guys, a couple friends who, who uh, this is just the second episode of the Story World podcast. We got together recently at a Christmas dinner and we're talking and totally nerding out about story. And of course, I had the bright idea of being a marketer of, hey, let's start a podcast because Anytime I get interested in something, I have to start a podcast. And uh, uh, hey, would you do a podcast with me, Alex? And Alex graciously said yes. And so here we are talking about it. And, and so we opened our first episode last uh, week with a the story of of Jesus of Nazareth, who who by many, whether you're a faith filled person or not, you know whether you're Christian or a different religion or no religion at all, you recognize that Jesus is one of the premier storytellers of history. Everybody knows Jesus as being a, uh, you know, for his parables, for his telling of, of stories to, um, in some cases, get a point across. In other cases, actually conceal points from other people, which is something that a lot of people don't know. But but you can actually use stories dynamically that way. And, and Jesus being, in my opinion, one of the greatest storytellers to ever live, knew exactly how to use a story for his purposes. And um, although it, it doesn't matter to to me or to Alex if you are listening to this podcast as somebody who is a Christian or somebody from another faith or somebody from no faith at all or somebody who just has no idea what they believe, um, all of that is cool with us. Uh, we actually wanted to record an episode that was just sort of like t telling a little bit more about about us as it relates to this aspect of our lives. The the blunt reality is we are both Christians. We're both convinced that the stories of the Bible are not just uh, good stories, but they are uh, true stories. We, you know, we both believe that the Bible is uh, accurate in the things that it claims to teach about God and about the world. And it's 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 actually something that is a it's a great passion of mine. But it it's important to me precisely because of the story 
element and the story aspect uh, of it. And that's something that I, I, I do want to unpack throughout this episode. But Alex, did you, you know, I, you know, I don't know how much thought or reflection you've given to this idea of like Christianity and story and, and the true story of the world. Again, we're going to unpack this, but did you have any thoughts right out of the gate you wanted to kind of mention about it? Um, I think uh, not necessarily specifically how it has applied to my life or anything, but I just, again, just trying to kind of hit home on uh, the weight that stories can have and the effect on people. Um, last uh, podcast, you kind of introduced the story of um, of uh, Jesus entering into the world where kind of people had a mentality that he was going to be a king and he was going to, uh, almost in the militaristic way, you know, uh, take down their enemy and, um, you know, rule Israel and, you know, bring them to uh, to a place of, you know, on top and, you know, being free and living how they want to. Um, and a lot of people were disappointed and uh, <laughs> mad when it didn't turn out that way. Yeah. Um, and so that's just really kind of the only thing that comes to mind that I just wanted to bring out is how, um, even though when Jesus stepped forward and was, you know, teaching and saying how things were going to be, and especially when he died on the cross, um, people just, a lot of people were mad and upset because of expectations that weren't met because of a story that they were told of how things were going to be. Um, <laughs> take that for what it's worth, so but um, think how applicable that is to, um, I don't know, just to our life or stories that we tell our kids or stories we tell each other. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, not, not specifically related yeah. to kind of have my life, but just a, a yeah. thought of um, just the power of stories. It's a good point uh, because, because right. Stories do have the ability to misdirect. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that we definitely want to cover at some point is is this this ability of a story uh, to lead you in different directions even if they are not um even if they're not true i mean wishful thinking i mean these are stories that we tell tell ourselves and um and things of that nature so right so 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 uh christianity again is something that is important to both me and alex you know i i grew up um i was uh you know in in christian you know vernacular i was saved at the age of Four years old, and uh, what that basically means, uh, if you're not familiar, is, is 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 it was at the age of four when I accepted the 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 truths of the Bible. I accepted that what the Bible said about the human condition was real. I accepted that I was a sinner. Um, I believed in God. Uh, by the way, lots of um, evidence, scientific evidence, even <laughs> even by people who aren't Christians, believe it or not, um, believe that children are wired to believe in God. They are literally hardwired to believe in God. Uh, nobody is born an atheist, which is just really, really interesting and fascinating and borne out by the numbers too when you look at the fact that, that you know, despite the rising number of atheism uh, and, and people who claim none, you know, re religion here in, in the United States of America, you know, across the world, 85 to 90% of people believe in, in, in a transcendent, you know, higher spiritual being or God. Of, of some point and a, a vast majority of people, a vast no, or at least a vast number of people throughout history and alive today uh, believe or at least claim to believe specifically in the Christian, you know, theistic concept of, of God. So, you know, if you're somebody listening in the States in New York City right now, you might be thinking, well, nobody believes in God. What, what, you know, what is this kook talking about? Well, you know, come on down south and and I'll take you to the church on every street corner. You know, go across the pond and I'll take you to people who have a more supernatural worldview even than us, who have no problem believing in And we'll even God. throw in a potluck to boot. We'll even throw in a potluck to boot. Yes. We, yeah. And there will be lots of mac and cheese, lots yes. of mac and cheese. I told the story about last week uh, about how I uh, used to play in a gospel group and uh, I it was always a joke. Like there, we, we play so many homecomings. 
And there would be like 17 different kinds of mac and cheese at these things. And it's no wonder that I ballooned up to 280 pounds at one point. <laughs> All the mac and cheese I was trying to eat every Sunday. Um, right? But, um, um, yes. Yeah, so, as we're, as we're just, just kind of exploring this concept of, of story. I didn't want to go too much further at all without um without really just uh, explaining why uh why I'm so passionate about story. You know, uh, of course, uh, we've already mentioned that I love marketing and Alex loves fiction writing and so these are things that matter to to each of us, but there's there's a layer deeper than that. And I I think it might be fair to say based on mine and Alex prior uh private conversations that that he, this is not something that he has necessarily reflected on a, a ton in the past, but we're going to reflect on it some now, uh, for sure, because I have uh, big time, you know, reflected on this. And I, I, I was going to say that, you know, growing up, I, I've been a Christian for a long time. Again, I was saved at four years old. I've been following the Lord for a long time, but for most of that time, not as deeply as I should have. Admittedly, I was very much, you know, going with the flow. I was in Christian school, churches, and. You know, I was in these environments, and so I was going with the flow. But it wasn't really until 2014 um, that I started to get passionate about um, about Christianity. And and the story of what happened there, there is kind of a two part story. Um, at, at one point, I felt like um, I was watching a lot of preachers and, and things on, on TV, and and uh, I was I don't know, I was just kind of really getting into that into that southern like you know hardcore preacher scene and I thought it was cool and I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to do that with my life. I, I I never minded public speaking and it seemed like the kind of thing that I might uh I'd be good at if I if I made a real effort. And so using kind of, you know, wisdom in my life to 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 seek God for counsel and to seek other people for counsel, I made the decision that I wanted to be a preacher. And so I was um I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know if it would mean traveling evangelism or missionary or pastoring a church or just teaching uh, from time to time in a church. I had no idea what that would mean. And so um, I, I just, I would, I would begin to preaching. So I had a job where I could drive around a lot. And so mostly I would listen to preaching uh, instead of listening to music or whatever. I would find podcasts and, and videos, et cetera, about preaching. And uh, there was a point that I asked the question and the question was, um, and it just randomly came uh, upon me. I don't really know why. I can't really explain it. But the question that immediately came to my mind uh, this one particular afternoon was, you know, does anybody really believe this stuff? Um, or is it just a story that I was told and I believe and and different people in my, you know, circle of, of, of you know, church community believe the same thing? But nobody ever in my Christian you know, my, my time as a Christian growing up at church, nobody ever took the time to explain to me why we what we believed was true. Not one time do I ever remember having a conversation about that. There was the assumption that it was true. And and then with that assumption, we were told how to build and structure our lives. And uh, although I am grateful, very grateful for the church and the environment in which I grew up, unfortunately, looking back on it now, there were some unhelpful and frankly unbiblical tendencies that that church had to lean towards legalism and to lean towards performance-based Christianity uh, instead of a, a, a robust uh, theology of grace, okay? We didn't really have that in the church tradition in which I grew up. And because of that, it, it just made me question things. And and I was like, well, does Jesus really exist? And so like, like, that was the question that came to mind. Did Jesus ever really exist? Did this guy 
Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter who supposedly died on a cross and was actually the savior of the world. Um, did this guy even live? Like, did anybody even believe that? That was the question. And so naturally, like a good millennial sitting in my car, I pulled out my iPhone and Googled it. <laughs> and I, I literally Googled something along the lines of, is Jesus, you know, was Jesus real? Did Jesus really live? Et cetera. I found an article. I didn't have a lot of time. Again, I was on the clock for work and I didn't have a lot of time. So I found an article. I read it. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that, you know, I mean, it was, I believed it my whole life. So it, it wasn't that hard for me to, to read, you know, one article's worth of logical justification for that and be like, oh, all right, cool. Like, that's good. I just wanted to know that somebody other than, you know, me thought that uh, it was real. And um, that was one part of it. And I didn't really think anything else about it. And then very shortly thereafter, I can't tell you exactly how long, but it was not very long after that. And, and if you ask me right now if, if it was the Lord, 100%. You know, the, the Bible says that uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. I think that's 137.9, Psalm 137.9. I could be wrong about that. I always get the reference wrong, but that's how the verse goes. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And uh, so I totally believe that the Lord uh, led me to uh, goodwill. <laughs> it is the only time that I will ever say that the Lord led me to goodwill. Uh, I promise. Uh, but my wife was going shopping and uh, I was along for the ride. I wasn't interested in reading. You know, Alex, we've talked about the fact that I, I never really got into fiction reading. Well, guess what? I wasn't into nonfiction reading either before 2014. I was 100% give me the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me the movie. Give me the short TV show or whatever. I didn't want anything to do with books. And for some reason, I was perusing the book section in Goodwill because it was better than looking at clothes with my wife. And I came across a book that was called The Case for Faith by Lee Strobel. And I read the intro, you know, pulled you know, pulled open the flap and read the back cover and the and the little you know, little bit of the intro of the book while I was standing there and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have to read this. This is an, an entire book of stuff like that blog post I read the other day about Jesus. And so I bought that book, read that book, couldn't put it down, and ever since then have been obsessed with, um, with, with, with the concept of theology, with Christian apologetics, which is giving a defense for the Christian faith to show why there are good uh, logical reasons to believe that the stories of the Bible are true accounts uh, of real history Jesus was a real person. God really created the world, et cetera, all, all of these things. And so the reason for me telling you all that is I started to realize that Christianity was this was was this story. It, it was this story that I had been told. And it was a it was a story that was made up of a it was a collection of smaller stories about the um the history of the children of Israel and their time you know, in the in the uh, land of Egypt and their time fighting Babylonians and, and 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 they're you know you know trying to trying to wrestle with obedience to to God and understanding who God was and God's grace and what their mission was in the world and all the way through the life and the stories and the missions of Jesus uh, of Nazareth, who is by far one hundred percent for a a host of reasons the most influential person that has ever lived, whether or not you think he he was God. Jesus of Nazareth was indisputably a real person who who changed the course of history forever. In fact, there plenty of people have written about the fact that Western civilization would not even be a thing if it, if it weren't for what what Jesus did. He is the the what one author called the the, the fulcrum of history, um, the the hinge of history where where everything turns on, on him. And what I began to realize 
as I started to dig into the discipline of apologetics was that this collection of stories that made up this larger story was not just, it wasn't just good stories and it wasn't just a good story. It was a true story. And they were true stories. And they were like really, really true. Like not, I like this flavor of ice cream better than your flavor of ice cream. True. These were like medicine, like nutrition label true. Like, you know, the 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 instructions on the outside of the medicine bottle or you're going to hurt yourself. True. Like really, really, really true. And once I saw that, it it just changed everything uh, personally for me. Yeah. Um, I I think so. Obviously, this is a uh, um, this is something we're both passionate on. Um, this yeah. is something that, um, as far as looking at um, historical stuff for the Bible and everything, I know that you've done <laughs> so much more research into than I than I have. Um, I just from my own experience, I guess, telling a story is. Um, I, I think for me, um, kind of going through life. Um, well, first of all, I I was raised in a you know traditional Baptist thing, kind of probably like you, a lot of uh, legalistic um, uh, upbringings where uh, you know it was do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that. If you do this, then this happens, and um, just a lot of that. And as a kid, you kind of accept it, and then I feel like that there was layers as I got older. There were times where I had to almost you know, re-examine what does the Bible actually say? What do I actually think? What is actually true? And that's natural for for anything in life as you get older. Um, one of the things that was kind of maybe unique to my experience is that um, my parents divorced when I was young. And so I was I actually spent um, most of my Sundays in church at the um, an LDS uh, Mormon church with my dad. Um, so at a young age, a lot of um, different... Um, yeah, uh, different stories and different um, explanations for life coming at me in different ways. You almost you assume things are true. You're not really told why in the specifics of it, but you just kind of assume it's true. And so I had assumed things were true and then new things were brought to my life. And I had to ask myself, well, what actually is true and what do I believe? And so at that young age, I remember, you know, having to spend a lot of time reading the Bible and there's obviously so much stuff that I didn't understand, but um, you know, ultimately in the end, I chose what, where the truth was, and kind of relating that into kind of a a story sort of way. Um, that's what gravitates us to story is seeing human truth involved, whether it's how people behave or what people say. We'd like to see truth and actuality and what actually happens. Um, I will say that, um, um. I guess kind of going from there, um, one of my favorite uh, stories from the Bible. So obviously there's a lot of historical things that you can look at from the Old Testament and everything. But the one thing that really has um, um, put the most, um, I guess, truth in my life of why I believe what I believe is um, for Christ being true and being that the true story of the world is the um, the behavior of Christ and what he taught. And one of my favorite stories is when um is when the people gather together and they're gonna stone um the woman for being an adulterer. And um, you know, he said, you know, whoever, you know, um whoever is perfect or hasn't sinned, you know, go ahead and, and throw the stone because I essentially you're worthy of it, you know, go ahead because you can properly judge the person. Obviously there's different levels of judgment and everything, but um it speaks so humanly and truthfully to me of of who we are, how 
universally, we all make mistakes and we all deserve to give each other a chance and to show each other love. And I mean, there's just so much truth in just that single story by itself. And of course, there's, um, there's obviously other stories that demonstrate truth as well and everything. Um, but with the level of truth that the Bible comes from and the explanations for everything, it's just, I don't know, it, it just always kind of seemed to me the natural conclusion to this makes sense of reality. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, there's obviously other you know reasons that's kind of found in my faith, but kind of relating it to the story level, um, that's kind of how it's affected me. Well, and and you know your right your your experience of that, like funny enough, may actually be more typical of 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 people. Like so, most most people, if they're not raised, you kind of have three categories when it comes to when it comes to the Christian faith. And I feel like I should reiterate or you know put a disclaimer like this is not a podcast about the Bible. Um, this may be the only episode or at least the only one for a while where we even talk so openly and directly about our faith. Um, so, you know, don't let it scare you away. If, 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 but I would invite you to, to, you know, explore it, right? I, 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 we, we both believe Christianity because it's true, not because it's convenient. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's very much not convenient, by the way, to be a Christian. Jesus promised that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think you should explore. It. I think you should believe it because it's, it's true. But this is not you know an evangelism podcast or anything like that. Uh, but it is important to explore some of these um, um, some of these themes. And what I want to say is, I think your experience that the you know what you just talked about is actually how most people come to believe uh, in Christ. Come to believe even that the, the scriptures are true because you kind of have these three categories of people. You have people who were just raised in it and never doubted it. And I, I think, you know, there, there are, you know, some Christian traditions have really, I think, boogered up to use a, a Southern term, um, how, you know, how the process of salvation and things like that even work, which may be a, a, a tangent for my other podcast, uh, the Bible nerd podcast, shameless plug. Um, but um, right. Like, like, so you, uh, to me, if you were somebody who grew up, you were raised in the Christian community, you, you believe in Christ. Um, you, you, you don't doubt that who Christ said, you know, was and is and what he did and what he did for you. And you recognize your need for uh, a savior. Uh, then you're, you know, you, I mean, you're saved. Like the Bible asks believing loyalty of you. It doesn't ask you to say a prayer. Uh, it doesn't ask you to sing you know, kumbaya eight times or, or perform 50 Hail Marys or whatever. Um, it, it's looking for a, it's looking for a belief, a heart belief. Okay. Um, the actions that are, are, are talked about in the Bible, like baptism and things like that. These are outward confirmations of a thing that inwardly you have chosen to believe. But like, so for some people, they don't make that. There's not a point in their life, like a day where they can point back to it and say, yeah, I made this choice. Um, you know, they just grew, kind of grew up in it and it never went away. Then you have another category of people, which is I would say the vast majority of people, who even their coming to faith is is kind of like what you described. And what you described was basically reading Jesus, you know, looking at Jesus, and this the the people in the Bible. This is how they <laughs> believed in Jesus as well, because they they saw him, they saw what he was doing, they heard his message, and they were like, you know, that's that's right. That simple, right? That's right. Like that's the true, 
that's the way to be human. Like all of this hatred and self-serving and um, things like trying to you know, become number one or whatever. Um, these are all wrong. We should, we should live a life of service toward others and, and love toward others and, and gratitude for them and acceptance of them and, and righteous judgment, you know, to, to, we should be doing right. And, and so people look at the life of Jesus and, and this is how most people come to know him. They just read for themselves. They're not convinced necessarily by arguments and evidence. They just read, you know, the gospel of John or the gospel of, of Mark or, or something like that. And they just, they fall in love and become captivated by this person of Jesus. And in the absence of any argument or evidence or in the absence of a Christian upbringing or whatever, it just resonates with them. Oh my goodness, this is this is really, really true. And then the, that third category of people um, are, are going to fall in, into that camp of, you know, either they had a, either what swayed them into the kingdom, so to speak, was logical argumentation you know, logic and facts and evidence and plenty of people, by the way, in case you're, you know, listening to this and doubting, plenty of people have come to the faith <laughs> by that. Um, you know, there's popular names you could mention, you know, Lee Strobel, Jay Warner Wallace. These are all people. Um, um, can I interject for just a second? Yeah. Um, as far as um, where you said uh, logic and faith, um, um, logic and arguments also lead, that probably <laughs> might even play more of a role in my, I guess, confirmation of uh, belief in Jesus as the true story as I've gotten older. Um, but that also kind of relates to a story. So for me, what it really came down to was, you know, as you get older, you're presented with, you know, challenges to your faith and not just, you know, faith, but your ideas of thinking of life and how things work. And what it really came down to for me was thinking about the universe and how everything started. Um, obviously, there's there's you know, different theories about multiverse and everything, but just going from what we know that you know we see that there's a beginning to our universe and and what we know how it is, and so what caused that beginning and just just logically, the thing that made the most logical sense to me was well, in order for something this you know perfectly made and fine tune in order to exist something had something or someone And my conclusion is someone an intelligent creator had to have created it whether it's now that doesn't get into attributes of god or attributes of jesus that just the big fundamental conclusion to me was the story of how all of this got started and that story just makes the most logical sense you know so you can mix yeah. absolutely um stories and logic because naturally a good story will be logical and make sense and have truth. Yeah. That's a fantastic point. And I'm glad, I'm glad you said it. Cause it's, it's exactly the direction I was going that like for some people, it's almost a combination. Maybe they grew up in the faith and then started to doubt a little bit. But once they started examining the arguments and the evidence, they were further confirmed in their faith. And by the way, that's my story. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, yes, I grew up in the faith and I, I believed in Jesus but what would have happened had I uh, read that article that day in the car and came to a different conclusion and and found and and, and what if all the books that I had started reading told me that there wasn't a God? Um, I I might have changed my mind, and and so it's it's it, it goes to show that like a story. This is maybe a larger principle here, but uh, 
you know, a story should only be believed if it's true. I mean, that, right? I mean, you should have arguments and evidence and facts to back up your, at least if you're going to say it's part of the true story of the world, right? Like, that's what we're talking about here. Um, fiction is one thing, but uh, when you have a story like Christianity, and this this actually may be a good point. I guess let me try to button up my thought from before, but then this might be a good point to kind of transition just a little bit into um, the real the real kind of uh, uh, climax. I think of the, of this episode. Um, it's a right po- point point being that you have different people who come to faith in different ways, and the majority of people are going to come to faith by just reading Jesus and um, and, and frankly inviting him into their lives and and um, identifying with him and realizing you know their sin nature and uh, real, realizing their need for a savior and identifying with him as a savior and then you know you know believing about Noah's flood comes later right like, like most people are gonna you know become a Christian later in life and just immediately be okay with like yeah Noah's flood and like there's an episode in the Old Testament with a talking like donkey and you know and um the you know there's witches and there's like the biblical worldview that's this is the thing about it is and one thing i do want to actually center in on, on a later episode as it relates to biblical stuff is a lot of people if they're christians they have a very sanitized um biblical worldview and, and the fact is the story of the bible is a supernatural uh story that is something far more akin to what you would find in the works of like tolkien or 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 c.s lewis the, the world is is far more mystical and magical um in the way that those stories uh, are, and that's the the perfect segue into what I what I wanted to talk about. So it, it's a it's a um, it's a I think a well known fact. I don't, I don't know whether I was going to say little known, but I think it might be a well known fact that um, um, you know Tolkien was a um, uh, he became a or, or it was Lewis, uh, excuse me. So so Tolkien was a was a Catholic. I think it was Catholic uh, a Catholic uh, Christian. And, um, you know, didn't really have any, any troubles believing, uh, believing that despite obviously his imagination. I mean, writing the Lord of the Rings and, and the Cimmerillion and all these other, you know, fantastic, uh, stories. Um, he was, he was a Christian despite, you know, writing all these things. And, uh, of course, if you know anything about these guys, he was, he was friends and in a, in a writing uh, group that met, uh, I think, you know, quite often, probably every week. Uh, with uh, C.S. Lewis, a group called the Inklings, and they, uh, you know, w- w- they were good friends and they would have lots of conversations. And and, and C.S. Lewis, um, many people don't know that, at least I didn't know. I always knew him as like the writer of the Chronicles of Narnia. But I found out one day that he was a very well-known Christian apologist. And the story behind that is that he wasn't always that way. He was always a very logical. And rational thinker, again, despite being a, a fiction author with obviously a fantastic imagination, he was always a very logical and, and rational thinker. And because of that, couldn't make sense of the Christian worldview. He couldn't bring himself to belief in in God because that was the stuff of fairy tales and magic stories and things of that nature. And what changed his mind and turned him into literally one of the greatest defenders that ever lived of the Christian faith is when Tolkien explained to him that the reason he knows Christianity is true is because Christianity is actually the true myth. So when you think of myth, you think of, right, you think of story. There's a lot of things that come to mind. The word myth is used 
different in a storytelling sense versus a, uh, a technolo- you know, technically precise historical sense, also different from like a, a, a cultural use sense. But right, the idea of, 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 of myth, just kind of using it in the broadest scope of things, you know, when you think of stories of the gods of um, ancient cultures, you know, ancient Greek gods and, and things like that, you, you know, these are mythical sorts of, uh, of things. And what most people don't, don't realize, and, and what Tolkien did realize and was able to get through to Lewis, is that uh, Christianity is the true version of those things. Um, it, is, it is the one that they are all patterned after. I mean, it's like, right, like we talked about last week how a story was the oldest form of communication. And so it's so widely um, um, applicable to our lives. There are similarities in the kinds of stories that have been told all throughout history. I mean, we, we look today at modern stuff like Superman and things like that. You know, this stuff isn't new. <laughs> There's nothing new under the sun, the writer of Ecclesiastes says. I mean, all of our modern concepts of superheroes and stuff like that, it all goes back to stuff um, millennia old. I mean, you know, I, I didn't even see it yet, but there's a, a Marvel movie out, one of the relatively recent ones called The Eternals. And I mean, like one of the characters in The Eternals is is uh, Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh was a warrior god, a Babylonian, you know, Mes- ancient Mesopotamian warrior god. And there's a, 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 a pretty well-known document, ancient document written called The uh, Epic of Gilgamesh. And, and like, so you have these themes that have been latched onto now, but but they're but they're just old themes rehashed. And and so why why is it like this? You have to start wondering why is why is it like this that the world seems to be structured in such a way where why are we drawn to superhero stories? Why are we drawn to, you know, good versus evil? Why why are we drawn to stories of redemption and, and salvation or, or the hero's journey? And the best explanation for that is that the world really is that way. But, 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 you know, you obviously have fantastic details in many of these stories that, that make them 100% unbelievable. But when you look at Christianity, it is backed by historical evidence. It is backed by archeological evidence. The claims of the Bible are uh, completely unique over and against the claims of other ancient religious texts, the veracity and historical reliability of the of the biblical documents, whether or not you even accept them as being, you know, inspired by God is is unmatched um, over and against any other ancient uh, document. Again, th- there is there is real evidence in the real world <laughs> that that Christianity is true. Even if you ignore the fact that this one man, Jesus, an obscure carpenter who lived 2,000 years ago in a small town called Nazareth. Why did this man change the entire course of history such that, according to historians, legit historians, Western civilization wouldn't even exist today? Why, why, why have so many people remembered this man and credited this man, and when they accept this man into their lives as their savior— they don't just turn over a new leaf in their life. They become a completely different person. Murderers, people who were the worst people you could possibly imagine, uh, becoming people of love and people of grace towards others. There is abundant anecdotal, historical, philosophical, scientific evidence that the that the Christian story is true, and and the real story of the world 
ask. And you said something earlier, especially as it relates to the uh, um, cosmological stuff, you know, the, the beginning of the universe and, you know, the big stuff like that, um, that uh, Greg Kokel, he authored a book called The Story of Reality. And this book is, it's a fantastic read. It, it, the, the title comes from a uh, conversation that he was having with his daughter. His daughter was asking you know, the basic question of, of why do we believe this is true? And um, the Lord gave him this answer that was, um, it was just, well, honey, the reason we believe this is true is because Christianity is the best explanation for the way things are. I mean, boom, there it is. Christianity as the best explanation for the way things are it explains the brokenness in the world. Um, it explains the right. It, it it gets reality right. The Christian story gets reality right. And so all these other stories, all these other myths or whatever, um, are just a a mirror of that. And so I love that as I explore whether I'm looking at fiction, I'm looking at the Lord of the Rings, or I'm 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 I'm, I'm watching Dune. You know, we went to go see the the, the new Dune movie the other day. Uh, us and uh, the uh, assistant pastor at our church and had a great time. And it was like, oh man, so many biblical themes there. Like, wh why are these themes of salvation? You know, these themes of redemption, these themes of the hero's journey. Like, these are all. These are all themes that we find in the most popular and the most well-loved stories. And they're all just cheap rehashes, to be frank, even though they're good. They're, you know, it almost sounds blasphemous to say that, but but they really are like cheap rehashes of the true story of the world that I think everybody should believe because there's good evidence for it. And um, so, yeah, th there's a, a good book. I, I, I feel like I've done a lot of talking, so I definitely want you to chime in, but, but there's another good book called... Uh, the Myth Made Fact, Reading Greek and Roman Mythology Through Christian Eyes. That's by Louis Marcos. He is a um, a professor at the Houston Baptist University, and he is a, a Lewis and Tolkien scholar. He is a scholar of historical, uh, of basically, you know, English and historical uh, other languages and, and writings, and he's a, a wealth of literary knowledge. And again, just kind of shows um, how Christianity uh, is the true myth, is the myth made fact. Um, and, and again, Greg Kogel in The Story of Reality talks about uh, what the what the broad scopes of the story uh, looks like and how um, uh, and how those things serve to as a sort of proof in a way for the existence of God and the ex existence of Jesus and the claim that um, and the claim that he has on our lives. So I think uh, all of those things make it, just extremely uh, important that we think seriously about this, whether or not you believe it now. Um, this is at least a conversation worth having as it relates to the the concept of story. Um, I'll try my best to uh, to communicate my thoughts on this. Hopefully, I can get it across clearly. But <laughs> we, um, obviously, not all of us. I say all very gently. I guess most, but we all like um, reading or watching things like um, Lord of the Rings or. Harry Potter or Dune or even more broadly and more popularly, you know, the uh, the Avengers, the MCU, you know, DC Comics. I guess you could use the term spiritual or otherworldly. Um, it excites us and it's it's like it's a natural, normal, wired part of our brain. And if you kind of look back at history, I'm no historian. It's just kind of my own thoughts thinking. But think about, you know, a few thousand years ago, a couple thousand years ago, a thousand years ago. Um you know, there was no cinema. Obviously, there were plays. There are different forms of arts, but you didn't have the writing that you do have today. You don't have, um, you know, the cinema. You don't have things like that. And so 
it almost seems like a very natural expression that people would create stories of of gods you know whether it's the norse gods greek gods or you know all the the plethora of thousands of millions of other gods that people have created because it's just it's wired into our brain the supernatural and it makes sense because you kind of touched on it before but the bible is a very supernatural book um without getting into you know very details but you know it talks about um spirits and it talks about things that we don't see on a daily basis you know that don't seem real but um it's a very supernatural book so it makes sense just as how christ taught in that one story you know use the example of the woman that you know whoever you know has not sinned go ahead and throw the first stone all the truths that are enveloped in that one little thing there of how you know we all are you know we're all our sinners we all make mistakes we all are a little bit messed up in our own way just how those principles of truth are there so too is the truth present that we all kind of think in some way a little mystical in our mind it's just it's how we're wired and it makes sense that we're wired that way and we like stories that are like that um it's just yeah. very relatable it's it's so much more satisfying like when i right like like especially as westerners like the world can be so boring sometimes like we have to have things like you know alexa and like smart lights and stuff to to make us you know appreciate the finer points of life because it's so easy for us to just have what we have and you know it, you know we, we're, we're very privileged and very blessed but it's like um i love that when I watch, you know, the Avengers, for example, is is something that I love. I love the the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm all about it. I'm totally geeking out on it right now, um, and a little bit less in recent days, just because I've been so busy with work. Um, but but totally in, in recent years, like totally geeking out on the MCU and loving the all the the stories and the different character arcs and things. And um, I know the MCU is not real. I know that. 100%. I'm also a huge Star Trek fan. I've got Star Trek stuff. Just if you could see, I've just got it all over. I got it. There's a, uh, uh, no, nobody can see this on video except for Alex, but there's a little Picard right here, uh, behind me on myself. And, uh, I, so I love like Star Trek and space uh, and all the, all these things are, I know they're not true, but I take comfort in knowing that because the evidence is so good and it, it resonates with the human heart so much and, and my own quest for ex- exploration and knowledge. Um, the real world is just as cool and just as interesting, frankly, just as scary, you know, and I'm glad God's on my side. <laughs> um, you know, there are, you know, you, you, you ask, you know, Steve, Alex, you know, do you believe in angels and demons? Well, it's more complicated than that, but yeah, you know, yeah, real, there's real intelligent evil forces and, and beings and real intelligent evil forces and, and, and good. And, you know, I won't get into it you know, on this podcast, because I know we're going to have different people listening, but like there are, um, right. There are things that I believe going on in the real world, you know, today that actions that people are taking that I, that they are taking because they think they are good and, and, but they're blinded because I think they are objectively evil. Um, you know, so, and, and so there are, uh, it's, it's, it's scary, but it's exhilarating at the same time to think that, something akin to these mythical things that we love. Like that's really how the world is. And when you think about being on the good side, being on the right side of history, you know, being on the side of the Avengers or, 
on the side of the hobbits uh, or, or just, you know, choose your myth, whatever have you. Um, how cool would it be to be in those stories and be on the good guys team? And that's what I feel like when I consider Christianity. So, you know, Alex, I definitely would give you an opportunity to come back in if, if you'd like to say something. But we're, you know, we're closing up on time here. And um, I'm a big fan. I think it's the marketer in me of having a, a call to action uh, with everything that I do. And, and so I think I, I would want to end this episode just with, with, a, with a call to action. You know, again, I'm not trying to evangelize you here, neither is Alex. Um, but I do think it is it would be appropriate to give you just an invitation to explore this and just have an open mind and ask the question, is it possible that something like Christianity could be could be true? Could it really be the true myth? Could Tolkien have been right? Um, could Lewis, well, you know, what, what Lewis came to see, is it correct? Is it is it correct that really we live in a, a supernatural world, a very spiritual world, and that there is at the same time, again, Lewis is the perfect example because he is one of the most, I mean, my gosh, how do you get any bigger than C.S. Lewis? I mean, as far as fiction writers go, you don't get much more iconic than C.S. Lewis. And yet, um, simultaneously, he was one of the greatest Christian apologists to ever live, right? Once he became convinced, he became an advocate for the Christian faith. And you gotta, you just gotta wonder why. What did he see? And could you, listening to this, if you haven't already, could you possibly have that same realization? Could you possibly see that same thing? Could you give Christianity a chance? Now, it's not easy, right? Because once you believe that that Christianity is true, um, you now have to live according to the teachings of Jesus. And he said it would be hard. And by the way, I've been doing it for 27 years uh, or more now. It, it's hard. <laughs> you know, um, it is difficult to live by the teachings of Jesus. But if it's true, that's the key. If it's true, then it's all that matters. And so my personal uh, invitation before turning it over to Alex would just be to, you know, explore that. And certainly, if you have any questions about what it might look like to see Christianity as the again the true story of reality, true story of the world, feel, you know, feel free to reach out to either one of us. I'm sure we'd be glad to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the one thing that um, I have to say is uh, for for anyone, whether you are um, whether you're a Christian, whether you are follow some other faith, or whether you don't know or atheist, um, I think that we can all agree, or at least I think that they're just universal truths that apply in the realm of storytelling and how humans relate to each other and how we communicate with each other. And it doesn't matter what faith you follow as far as being able to see human nature in the truths that lie behind there. Um, obviously looking at it from what we see in the examples that Jesus provided and um, stories from the Bible. And that's where I gathered my truths. Um, but even if you don't want to dive into the Bible or, you know, look into that, um, I, I'm excited to explore stories and how humans fundamentally relate on those level of truths and how our minds work. And for me, it demonstrates, you know, the truths that I find in the Bible. But um, hopefully for anyone else, even if, you know, you don't want to give that a shot, just to, you know, relate to us and see the truths that we do find and the interesting things that we find, the stories and whether it's the history of stories or a story that you can relate to that we tell um, doesn't matter who you are. Um, I think it'll just be a fun, enjoyable time and we'll be able to discover a lot. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, well, well said, couldn't have said it better myself. I think that uh, just these first two episodes being down 
just makes me really, really excited to talk about, you know, to see where things are going to go. We've got, uh, you know, this is just two topics and we've got a list of, I guess, close to probably 40 plus topics right now that we, that we want to cover uh, right off, you know, right out of the gate. And so I'm really excited to, to dive into these future themes and you know, we'll probably revisit the, you know, the, the, the faith and religious items and aspects of things from time to time. But, um, but I'm excited to see how else we can talk about and, and what other common ground we can find in this world of storytelling. So um, that's a wrap. You know, we're, we're, we're thankful for you listening again, share the podcast with others. It's very new right now. So it's the only way that anybody is going to find this podcast is if you tell somebody about it. So, you know, take a screenshot on your phone, share it real easily there on social media, tag your friends in it, let them know, Hey, there's an awesome new podcast from a, a marketer and a fiction writer who are both interested in story and, and how those two worlds collide and, uh, really blossom into a bunch of other worlds as, as well. And so if you're interested at all, in fiction, in storytelling, even in nonfiction, in creative writing, in in marketing, and trying to grow your business. If you're in any of those categories, I promise you, you're going to find some gold in this podcast that you can apply to your everyday life and in your work and uh, and really see some awesome results. So um, everybody take care. Thank you again for, for kind of you know listening in and uh, can't wait to see you in the next episode.